Well, welcome to the PNR podcast. This is our first episode. I'm your host, the Walrus, Kukukachu. No, it's Mike Proud. That's my name, Mike Proud. We're gonna just kind of talk about the format, like you know uh, what I want to do with this podcast. I say uh and um and stuff like that a lot. I I apologize. Maybe as I do this more, that might go away. Maybe it's charming. I don't know. But I I do do that a lot so I do apologize in advance and uh so yeah I'm gonna talk about the show now I'm gonna talk about myself after that and then uh we're gonna just kind of this is this is kind of gonna be one of the shorter episodes I have a feeling maybe not I don't know we'll see so yeah PNR is short for uh it's politics and religion but I mean there's an even longer title to the show it's uh, the politics, religion, and everything else you shouldn't talk about podcast. And basically what we're going to do is uh, we're going to talk about politics and religion. And, you know, if those things don't get your nipples hard, that's kind of good because that's not the only thing we're going to talk about on this podcast. I mean, I would I would like to talk about a lot of different things because, you know, um, I can only talk so much about, uh, you know, politics and religion and whatnot. Um, <laughs> there I go again with the ums. Uh, you know, I can only talk so much about, uh, oh, who's a politician? Um, <laughs> Thomas Jefferson. There we go. And I can, uh, I can only talk so much about, uh, like the Baha'i faith. And I can only talk so much about, like, uh, democracy or, uh, Krishna or, uh, you know, like I said, I just I can't talk about politics and religion every week. That that would drive me nuts. And like you know, even the stuff I like, like uh, sports and sex and stuff like that, I I don't even want to talk about that week after week because uh, I can only talk so much about um, turn of the century baseball or positions I like or <laughs> you know whatever. So like even the stuff I love, like like I said, sports and sex, I can't. I can't talk about that every week. You know, even though politics and religion is in the title, I kind of look at the title as more like, you know, the things, things like that, but also things that you shouldn't talk about because they're controversial or people can get feelings hurt or, you know, whatever. So there's that sort of stuff. But then there's even the stuff that, you know, it's it's really just innocuous or innocent. Rather, I I should say, oh, that's... Uh, that's another thing I, I have to do is uh, I have to watch my language. Um, not because, you know, not in the sense that, you know, swears or whatever, because that, you know, this show is going to have plenty of that. But I mean, like, as far as like, I have a, I'm not trying to be boastful or anything like that, but I have a pretty extensive vocabulary. It might just because uh, it might be because I attended public schools in Massachusetts <laughs> Um, but yeah, I have, I have a, like I said, I have a, I feel like I have a pretty extensive vocabulary or whatever, and I'm not, you know, I'm not saying I'm going to necessarily dumb the show down, but I don't, I don't want to, you know, come off as like a pedantic or, or like a academic or something like that. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to come on here and, and sound like a complete like simple Simon or anything, but 
I'm also not going to come off as like a super intellectual like person either. Uh, I don't I don't want that. Um, I want the show to kind of be access, you know, be accessible to everybody, basically. But um, back to my main point, though, of why I kind of even called the show uh, PNR. The whoop <laughs> almost knocked my mic off. <clears throat> um, the long version is they they can have like really like you can have a really innocent topic and believe it or not it's it's not going to be cuz i've you know maybe you shouldn't discuss them but it's it's that you shouldn't discuss them in the sense that they might not be interesting to anybody but i feel like if i'm sharing this with like thousands or millions or whatever then it's gonna at least interest somebody out there and that's kind of the uh, like what i want i just i just want like you know i i'll talk about the stuff that is like really popular some weeks and uh there's a lot of people that can get behind it or whatever like the politics and religion part but then one one show one week it just might be like hey this is like these are my favorite sugary foods or my favorite edm songs that no one really listens to and I, i don't know just like like i said it's it's gonna vary from week to week so you'll never really know what to expect from me. The other thing to consider is uh, sometimes like what I feel like what might be a neutral topic can devolve into chaos. And like I've I've just I've witnessed that like people getting really mad about something I said that I swear I didn't even know would like set people off. One time I talked about like television shows on uh, social media, Facebook in particular and people were like just getting triggered over like nothing (laughs) just like my thoughts on breaking bad and stuff like that so you know what i might even i might bring that into an episode but like i said i i don't know who it will piss off but it'll piss off somebody i have a feeling another thing is uh i'm also going to leave it up to the fans like on patreon you know if that actually gets money then you know those people they'll uh they'll be able to throw some topics out at me and then uh I'll be like oh yeah the, you know that's that's a good suggestion or or not and then uh I also have a tier on my Patreon where I, I kind of feel like polling some of the popular topics that are thrown at me you know would be a good idea and being like okay you people on this tier you you vote in one week I might you know do an episode that you you know already is in my playlist because I have a bunch of ideas already, but then I'll be like, hey, okay, after I record that one, the one that you guys voted on is the one I'll do. So that's kind of a, a direction I want to go with that. So that's uh, one of the things we're going to do. Um, the other thing is I'm going to do, besides topics, is uh, if there's a real crazy week with like current events or whatever, and whether, you know, whether the Patreons or not say, hey, you should do current events, I might just look at the week and be like, what the hell happened this last week? Like, we we gotta talk about this on the show. So, uh, you know, I think you need, like, a, a lot of, like, just a lot of crazy stuff to happen in order for me to even, like, go that route about it. And, and then, like, you know... Lastly, this is going to kind of be kind of hard to do at this time. Like, I don't, I don't even, yeah, like, I don't even want to really talk. <laughs> I'm going to, though. I kind of don't want to be a one-man show. Um, 
I might be for a while though at a, at a minimum like that's just it's how it's going to have to be for a lot of episodes. And you know, we'll see we'll see how it goes or whatever. I might adjust, but uh I I definitely want to have special guests. But going back what I what I kind of just said about even me being a one man show is like there's a lot of my friends that I I talk to and after I I'm done talking with them I'm like oh man like this guy would be like great you know to bounce my thoughts off of but then again I don't want them to kind of like be like okay well I'm a co-host so now I have to have some say on how things go so uh if I don't take on a co-host I want them you know if I do, rather, I want them to have a free opinion, but uh, everything else, I just, I want to be me because I don't want them to be like, oh, well, this is what I want to do with the, the format now, and then it's like, oh, no, no, dude, no. So that's something I would consider, though, at least um, it's like a co-host who's like, yeah, I, I have uh, my free thoughts or whatever. But, you know, you're in charge of how we're going to, like, do the show or whatever. And that's, I kind of just want them to concede that much to me, at least if, you know, I take on a co-host in the future. But, um, yeah, that's something I'd like to do at least as far as, you know, special guests. Is You know, when, when COVID calms down, we'll, we'll kind of approach that. Unless, you know, um, I can figure out, like, the logistics or, you know, whatever, where it's like, hey, uh, I have this microphone set up or whatever. I can send you my recorded part of a conversation and then I can splice them in audacity or, well, you know, whatever the hell. So, you know, we'll figure we'll figure it out down the road. I, I won't have special guests for a little while. There's, there's a lot of topics. Uh, I at least want to, you know, get those out and then, you know, satisfy the Patreon people if they do pay. So, you know, field their stuff. And then, you know, once uh you know, once that kinda gets taken care of, I'll throw in a special guest in a current events uh episode here and there. So But um yeah, like I said, after COVID calms down, that's uh something we'll sh- certainly explore. So um so yeah, we'll look at that. Uh the the biggest thing I I hope to achieve uh is like a friendly atmosphere. So much so that, like, when you listen to the podcast, it almost feels like, you know, like where you're sitting in front of a TV, like playing NHL and having a conversation with, like, you know, your best buddy or whatever. Like, I kind of choose that as my setting because that's, you know, where some of my best banner has ever been, just sitting, like, with with Helm or Polly, and, you know, EA's fired up on, on the console and we're just kind of bumping gums to like to w- the wee hours or whatever. So, you know, you substitute that however you like if you need to imagine it in a different way, but that's that's how I want this to feel when you listen to it though, where it's just like a bunch of friends just sitting together and fucking just shooting the breeze, man. So, <laughs> Okay, now uh now about me cuz uh I you know I covered the three things basically you can expect from uh any any episode of this show. So uh I guess I'll go with the basics. Uh I'm a man. <laughs> I'm a husband, I'm a father. I got two kids. They drive me nuts, but I love them. I love my wife too. I've been married for 12 years. 
I really attribute that to just loving my wife and just being super faithful and like not getting addicted to drugs or alcohol or, you know, something like that. And that's not to say that, you know, I, I, I love to drink, but I would not consider myself an alcoholic by any means. I'm, I'm, I'm more of a teetotaler if, you know, we're going to compare those things. And uh, I've never fucked with drugs. So, yeah, it's, um, that's like, like I said, that's why I think I stayed as, you know, because I, you, you need to have those three things, I feel like, uh, if you're going to be married to somebody, you need to love them. You need to be faithful, not just loyal, because there's plenty of married men that are loyal, and there's plenty of married women that are loyal, but faithful is like, that's just an extra step. So you need to have that in a marriage, and then you can't be, like, addicted to, like, anything, like, it, I I mean, even, not just drugs or alcohol, but, like, anything, if you're addicted to anything, that's bad, because... It means you're going to be drawing time away to do, you know, your addiction rather than spend it with, you know, your wife. So you can't be addicted to anything. Um, Like even this, like I kind of gave her what my podcasting schedule is going to be like. It's going to be like, hey, uh, a couple hours on like Sunday night, I'm going to record. And then the rest, like I can pretty much like maybe Monday when you go to sleep, I can do like whatever edits I need to do. And then pretty much the rest of the week, though, like, I'll just, I have a surface, I I have, you know, I can do the rest of the work I need to do for this podcast on that. Like, I don't need to, I just need a couple hours where I do have to be, like, I can't spend with you, but it wasn't, like, some sort of major hit of time, so, yeah, she's okay with it. So, uh, you, I don't want to get off on a tangent, so um, I'm in my 30s, I'm from Massachusetts, I love New England, like, I love it, I love... I love Massachusetts. I love New Hampshire. There's uh, Maine is all right. <laughs> Maine's all right. Uh, I never really fucked with Vermont, but Vermont at least looks beautiful. The only time I've really been there is uh, on army business, so and I'll get into that. But um, yeah, Connecticut has some cool stuff on the the eastern eastern part of the the state. There's all the casinos, aquarium, whatnot. Um, and then I love Rhode Island too. Like, uh, I love Newport. I can spend like days there and, uh, I love going to Providence. I, before COVID struck, I used to go there like twice a month, if not even a little more. Cause I, yeah, I just used to love doing stuff in Providence with my family. Yeah. I love New England and, uh, I've been to other parts of the country. So, uh, I actually, I have a fair sense of, uh, you know, how the rest of the country is and a lot of it sucks. Uh, I'm sorry if I'm, you know, I'm not going to really put any states, uh, on blast in particular, but yeah, there's just (laughs) like, as I don't know, what am I at? Like 30 states now that, you know, I've been to. And what's funny is like, you hear a lot of people say like, you know, Oh, so-and-so state sucks or whatever. And you got to ask these people back, like, dude, have you been anywhere else but the fucking state that you're standing in right now? And then, like, you know, go from there because, yeah, chances are they probably haven't. They're just like, oh, you know, I'm from so-and-so state. It's the greatest state ever. It's like, dude, have you ever even fucking traveled outside your state? Like, have you have you spent any real time anywhere else? Like, 
you can say, oh, well, to me, oh, you've only been to vacation in so-and-so state, so you didn't even really get to experience it, but okay, so it's like, yeah, uh, okay, I'll concede that to you. Maybe I just even passed through, like, New Mexico. I just, I passed through it twice. One night I stayed in a hotel over, no, that was still Arizona. So, yeah, like, New Mexico, I just, I fucking flew through it. I Oh, I enjoyed Las Cruces, by the way. Awesome Buffalo Wild Wings there, but... <laughs> Anyways, though, so I'm not even putting New Mexico on blast, but it's like, okay, that yeah, that's just one of the states I kind of just passed through. But I've actually lived, like, for a long period in other states. So, uh, yeah, I kind of, at least there's there's four states where I have a really good idea of what those states are like. So, you know, when those people are like, oh, the, the, you know, the best state or whatever, f- fucking tell them to check themselves. Because, <clears throat> uh, you know... A lot of the other country really does suck, and they might think that their state's great, but it's probably com- complete shit. And, uh, you know, I think Massachusetts is the best. But there's there's other states that at least kind of compete with it. Like, uh, I loved California, except for the price of gasoline. I think I paid like four four twenty five or something where I lived. I lived in Monterey. And then one, one night I, I went to San Bruno... And gas was like four, no, no, it was like five sixty a fucking gallon. I was like, "Are you serious right now?" So, oh yeah, California was great, but ridiculous in gas prices. And then uh, I loved Florida, even though everybody down there is a fucking maniac. But it's a, it's a great state. Besides that, like the weather's awesome. They got Whataburger in the northern part. Jacksonville, that. That little I-10, I-95 thing, that's fucking sucked. But besides that, you know, there's just these little things here and there that kind of suck about it. But you really can't beat the weather, though. Like, I went in the springtime, and it was just, it was amazing. So I really liked Florida. Everything was cheap down there, too. Yeah, Florida is awesome. Um, the Carolinas were nice. I I really enjoyed uh, South Carolina. I North Carolina's pretty cool too i wanted to to go down the chapel hill i didn't make it down there but you better you better believe it like the chance that i get to go there i'm going there so the carolinas yeah they're those are nice um eastern part of texas also nice um maybe the western part is too but i'll tell you this much you know driving on i-10 for like 90 miles per hour like through it and you know not seeing nothing for forever that that kind of was irritating and then the traffic in Houston and Dallas, just fucking forget about that. Uh, that sucks too. Um, but yeah, besides that though, uh, Texas has a lot to see and do. Uh, love the Rainforest Cafe, Great Wolf Lodge. I know, I mean, that's not the only state that has one, but that's like I said, it's another thing to do. They have amusement parks and yeah, there's just so much, there's a lot to do in Eastern Texas. Um, you know, even... I I I hated where I lived in Louisiana. Don't get me wrong. I don't think Louisiana is a great state. Um but it's really it's really just kind of Leesville. And uh <laughs> I lived there for 3 years and like no no way. Like it's the 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 that not even the northern it's like the central part that that kind of sucks like so it's like Leesville and DeRitter and stuff like that. Like if you want to go to a, like a good place in Louisiana you got to go to the southern part like Lake Charles or Baton Rouge or uh New Orleans 
to like really appreciate to be like, oh, wow, Louisiana is actually like a decent state. So like, don't get me. When I first got there, I was like depressed. I'm like, this place sucks. But then I, you know, I started exploring around and I found it okay. Like, um, there's even good parts of the north. Like, you can have a good time in like Bossier City, or uh, or Shreveport. But like everywhere else, like even Alex, Alex is passable. Like, if you're stuck on Polk and you need to do something, go to Alex, cause there's something to do there at least. But besides that, though, like the rest of the state is just whoa. <laughs> so uh, yeah, like I said, Louisiana, it's it's actually more decent than you think but i i've been like i said it's like it's at 30 states or something like that that i've been to and a lot of it is just fucking sucksville <laughs> so you know when i say that massachusetts is the best i have actually a pretty good feel on whether that is true or not so uh okay enough about you know massachusetts though and all that um there's there's more stuff to you know talk about so um I I do have a daytime job. It's a it's a good job and I don't really want to talk about I don't want to get into it for various reasons. It's not so much that oh, you know, my coworkers will listen to this and have a grudge or something. That's not the reason why I'm not mentioning it. There's just I don't want to put my company out there. Um and it's uh, not that I'm going to say anything even disparaging about my company. Like I said, I, I, I like my, I love my daytime job, actually. It's, it's one of the best jobs I've ever had, if not like the best job. But um, like I said, I just don't want to, there's a lot of reasons and I don't want to mix it and hopefully everybody respects that. Um, maybe someday I'll talk at least a little bit about them. If my situation changes, I'll be like, okay, I'm doing the podcast full time now and you know, everybody probably wonders what the mystery place was where I worked, and it's this place, and then we'll even just move on from there. Because, you know, that's, I'll just say, hey, I worked here, and then that's the end of it. Um, I'm hoping, I, I don't do something illegal, I shouldn't let you know that, by the way. But uh, I'm hoping this can replace the job, because like, like I said, even though I like it, but like, doing this would be, is actually a better job, and um, I also moonlight as a novelist. Uh, I have a couple books out. Um, they're mafia novels. One Sicilian mafia, one kosher mafia. Uh, I'm working on some other stuff too. Um, this year's like it's been a struggle as far as like my writing. Like I don't want to blame it on COVID, but uh, this year sucked. Like as as far as my productivity, because I just I I had the. When this thing became, like, the big deal that it is, I just, like, had this, like, attitude where it's like, I just want to have fun at this point because, you know, this year, fuck it, whatever. Um, I don't know. Like, I was so worried at the beginning, and now I'm, like, not anymore, but I kind of am again. But uh, I got off my routine. That's just, that's kind of all you need to know about it. And, like I said, I don't want to blame this year, but, yeah, it's this year. And, uh... So I don't know, but um, like I said, I do I do like my daytime job. I love it, but uh, I'm the the main reason that you know to do this is to kind of it. I want to replace it not because I don't want to do it anymore, but this would be this would be ultimate. I feel like if I could just do a podcast weekly and you know my bills are paid, uh, I'd be so happy doing that because uh, I. 
I don't want to spend like more time away from my family and like to make money at my job, you got to live there. Like there's no, there's no way around it. And there's, there's gotta be like an easier way to make like mad stacks. And, uh, I like just, I, I want to be around my wife as like as much as I can. Like even to the point where I might annoy, like I even, I, I asked her that the other day. I was like, oh, how would you feel, you know, about me being around more? And she wants that. So, um, yeah, like I said, if the podcast can make that happen, then I'm so for doing this instead. And, you know, it can be a good job for somebody else because it's been a good job for me for four years so far. So if I can move on with this and they can take my spot, I'm I'm happy for them, too, because it is a good job. It might they might even feel the same way as me, like, oh, this is the best job I've ever had. And then, you know, good for them because I'll have my podcast and they'll have my old job. So that, you know, that could work out or whatever. So um, I just want to get like a studio in town. And that's even kind of why I set the Patreon. I just, ugh. <laughs> I need to get a good base. And then they'll be like, okay, we like your stuff. Here's some money. And then it's like, oh, okay, now I can, you know, get the studio I want and, you know, just record there. Do a little bit of productivity there. And, you know, that's it. The rest of the time, I want to spend my wife and my kids and and be here. And, you know, after COVID, see see my family and my friends again, too. Spend, you know, a day here and there in, in the month with them. And, you know, even with my, my wife and my kids. Because <laughs> I try to bring them along even when I do, you know, spend time with my family and friends. So, so yeah, that's why, you know, I'm trying to branch out of this. Uh, branch into this, rather. And uh, hopefully I'm successful enough to at least give up OT. I mean, that would be, if I make enough money where I can at least say, yeah, the only way I'm doing overtime is if I'm forced, that would be fine by me too because that's a step in the right direction. Because then, you know, I'm only doing 40 hours a week instead of, I think I averaged like 53 or something, but I there's been weeks where I've worked way harder than that. So there was a time where it was about 60 a week I was averaging. And then there's been times where it's just like, like I said, it's randomly been higher. Like I've done 70, 80, 90 hour weeks. That was only one time the 90. But yeah, like you gotta, you gotta live there to make money. So, um, what else do I want to talk about? You know, God knows I would love to, to get that, uh, Joe Rogan contract from Spotify, by the way, but it's like he, he had to do, uh, a thousand episodes or something before he got that. So. Uh, I'm I'm willing to do you know I'm willing to do that too because another thing I want to put out there is this is this is a good segue even if I'm the only one that listens to this weekly then you know uh, so be it uh, I'm still gonna do this every week that's just kind of how my work ethic goes except for you know uh, a couple times a year when uh, I'm on vacation you know I might you know I might take a break it's, it's like like I said there's only a couple times though. Um, but I, I might even work out something, you know, with wherever it is that I'm I'm staying for that time. That is to say, you know, record on location. Uh, and if I'm able to just bring my equipment and, you know, do it real simple, then I guess I will. We'll, we'll see. But uh, I might, you know, I might just be like, hey, I'm, I'm taking the week off, you know, listen to the reruns and uh, hopefully uh, if I have, you know, good listener support, they'll understand. Because they're, they're the same way. When they go on vacation, they're not thinking about anything. 
but you know, like the good time that they're having on vacation or whatever. So it's like they'll they'll understand. That's that's kind of uh, what I'm going to do is just kind of like kick back maybe on vacation. I'm I might like I said I might record on location, but chances are probably not. But you know, if I'm if I'm doing this podcast on a weekly basis and I do like. 50 out of 52 weeks then that's that's me still being pretty damn loyal to the fan base so you know um what else can i really tell you about me um i was in the military uh before i did this and that's a huge factor in my life because like it kind of changed me for the worse sort of (laughs) um you know after doing nine years of that bullshit um don't get me wrong though like I this is always something I always say about the military. Like I love the people in the military. But everything in it is uh, Um let me uh, okay, let me put this out there too. Um I'm mindful of mindful of like this at least. Um the military is like super fucking important cuz there's like a lot of bad people out there who are like willing to do you know waiting for us to like put our guard down and like just willing to hand our asses to ourselves basically. And then, you know, like this isn't like, it shouldn't be a partisan thing or something like that. Like it just, it kind of reminds me of an old paradox where it's like, you got to realize for peace. Sometimes you have to prepare for war. And that's like as old as it gets, like as far as paradoxes probably. And like I said, there's a lot of bad people out there, you you know, who who would love to do us harm. But, you know, the military is like a deterrent to that. So that's another reason why I, I, I love the military. So I love the military in, in that regard and like most of the people. But, oh boy, uh, I met a bunch of fucking just absolute scumbags there. Just like the, some of the worst people like ever. And there's no test for it in the army. The army's just like, you know, give us the bodies. That's <laughs> habeas corpus, so to speak. You know, present the body to us. So, yeah, they just, they need they need souls. They need people to march on and and either live or die, but wage the war. And um, that's why there's no real, like, rigorous screening process. It's just like, oh, have you committed any felonies? Oh, no, but okay, then, you know, come aboard, but... They could really just be like a rapist lying in wait or a murderer or a lot of them are fucking completely racist. And I'm I'm not just like a, a lot of them. A lot of them of all races are racist to other races. It's like how can you serve in the army if you hate black people or you hate white people or it was just it was incredible. Like I just met a lot of fucking bad people there, but I met a lot of great people. So I don't I don't want this to to be like, well, he said, you know, everybody in the army is fucking terrible. Not even close. It's just when you take a group of like uh, you know, fifty people though, and like five of them are like just fucking complete pieces of shit, garbage human beings, that's even too much for me to to stand. So yeah, I met a lot of terrible people in the army, but there's no real even way to, to screen for it, though, because, you know, like I said, you can ask them about felonies and how how their family life was. You find out if they do drugs or whatever. But for some reason, they don't ask the, the, the real, like, nitty-gritty questions like, oh, how do you feel about a particular race? How do you feel about this culture, uh, people of this religion, you know, and so forth? 
And I think it's because why it, they almost look like, why waste our time if the applicant's just going to be like, oh, the, those particular things are fantastic, when really in the back of their mind, like, oh, I wish they'd all fucking just drop dead or whatever. So, like, like rape, rape is, like, the biggest thing in the Army. Like, I swear, uh, I felt like I did more to do with, like, rape prevention training and stuff like that to even, like, do in my actual job, which is... I'm not trying to be funny or something like that's just honestly that's how bad the rape problem was when at least when I was serving. So it's like I'd be at a sharp meeting rather than, you know, this type of training for, you know, actually being a soldier. And it, it again it goes back to the like they look at your record when you when you're trying to get in the army and it's like, "Oh, okay, no rape convictions, good." But that guy could just be like, "Oh, you know, I've raped so many chicks and I got away with it or whatever. And I can't wait to get to the army and do the same." Or guys, too, for that matter, because there's a lot of sexual assaults against men in in the military is the numbers are actually kind of staggering um if you look it up, but that's um that's probably the military's biggest problem is just like you know, and maybe I'll save this for another episode. I can get more in depth, but yeah, just know that really quickly. Like that's that's the army's biggest problem, or the military in general is. You get these applicants, and they get away with being pieces of shit, and because of that, they they join, and then they're pieces of shit in the military till they either get kicked out or fucking arrested, or they have a a long career. Which there's even those people too. So I don't get it, but hey. You know, I I I bagged I sandbagged them enough, I think, and um, like I said, I'm gonna do an episode on it. But uh, but the pe the people that I knew and like that I served with or whatever, and that I did like the people that I did love, I I still fucking love you guys. Um, you were all great, really. And even so, some of you that I I liked, I mean, sometimes we had our differences, but at the end, it it wasn't a big deal where I'm like fucking grinding an axe ready to get you. <laughs> so, even with that said, the only people I really didn't like were like those few scumbags that were just like they were pure fucking evil. Um, but the the people that I did love, I I do love you guys. You know, like yeah, you had my six. Um, using army terms, so. You know, like, no matter if it was, like, with your rifle or just fucking putting your hand on my shoulders, looking me in the face and being like, you know, come on, Mike. You know, you got this or whatever, you know. Just keep going. You know, the people that, like, they would take me aside and, you know, try to motivate me when I was having a shit day. Because you have a lot of those in the military. And, again, I'll cover that in the military episode. But, um, you know, so... Whatever it was that you did for me, though, you know, know that I love you for it. That's that's pretty much what I want to put out there. And um, I guess that's another thing I can really put out there, too, though, is um, not just, like, the, the people... The Army's not good just for the people, the protection that they, they give to the country, but it's the fact that, like, Army soldiers, not just Army, but, like, military, if, like... They have your back. So if you're like, yo, I'm a veteran and I need your help with whatever, like the outpouring that you'll get from like other vets or other active or whatever the case is, just somebody who's, you know, gotten through AIT basically is just like extreme. Like a lot of the vets, you know, like they'll support you for whatever and they'll like, they'll have your back for whatever. And, you know, it's like the same for me. Like, you know, if, uh, if they have, you know, if they have a problem and I can help them with it, I will. 
and like I, I'll I'll come to the aid of like any any military person for you know whatever reason if I can. That's that's all. If the if the difficulty is like oh well I I need you to fly out here like tonight or whatever, and then it's like uh okay that's really you know unless you got a plane ticket and you know this is an emergency and I can take the time off. But like if it's something easy like hey. Uh, I need a job. Like, you know, can somebody, somebody give me a good reference or whatever? I'll be like, hell yeah, work. You know, apply for the company where I work because they love vets, and I'll put in the good word for you. Now, if you're one of those scumbag soldiers, and uh, I'm not gonna help you, but if you're a good one or you know at least even a decent guy where you never really did any any wrong or whatever, even if we weren't buddies, hell yeah, I, I'll I got your back. And that's like I said, that's that's the way vets do things. So, uh, yeah, we all try to make you know it happen for each other. But um, so before the army, um, I just did a bunch of shitty retail jobs, and that's kind of the only reason why I I even joined the army. Really, it's um, it's not some sort of like jingoistic um, uh. Like there's me with those stupid fucking big words again. Um, let me rephrase that. Uh, it's not some sort of super patriotic sentiment. There we go, patriotic. Where I'm like, oh, Team America, fuck yeah, join the army, woo! It's uh, <laughs> it was more like, oh, I'm I'm at this dead end job at at this grocery store, and uh, I fell in love with my girlfriend, and, and you know, I I couldn't I couldn't like do that I just I'm not even gonna say the name of the place but I couldn't I couldn't go to that place anymore I couldn't do my job there for the rest of my life because you can't there's there's just there's there's no way that it's like so yeah it, it came to a point where it's like okay I'm I'm gonna join the army I, I need a good job and you know as much as I I shit all over the army it was also like super important to me and I would do it again in a fucking heartbeat because a it put a roof over our heads, like my kids, my my wife, uh, and me, and uh, B our bellies were always filled. We always had food because of the army, and uh, we we had clothes to wear. We were always warm because of the army. So the army at least covers like your basics, even if you're like an E one, and you know I couldn't do that in Massachusetts at the place I worked. It just no, it wasn't gonna fucking happen. And you know, um, I even tried to move up the ladder a couple times early on there, and it's just like fucking like bullshit politics. Like if they don't like you, like in the slightest, it's like whatever the fucking abbreviation is, like CSM or I don't, I don't even know some shit. Like uh, they'll be like, oh well, you know, try again in six months. Oh, okay, so uh, I don't know. I spent a few years there. And then I was like, fuck this. Because I knew I wasn't moving up the ladder. Because they just, they, they liked me, but not enough to fucking give me a promotion. So, so yeah, like, I, I joined the army. And like I said, it, it sucked. But I would do it again in a heartbeat. And I feel like a lot of other veterans would too. Because even though they're in the shit, they look at, you know, all the pros at the end of that shit day. And they're like, oh, okay, this was kind of, you know, this was kind of the right thing to do. Um, we have way too many, ugh, like I said, I'll, 
I don't want to beat everybody over the head with the army shit. I will just, I will make sure I do a military episode and fucking give them what for. Because <laughs> that's what army guys do, damn it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, maybe I would do it a little different, though, because uh, my MOS was shit at first. And then I got another MOS, and it, it was super hard, so that didn't really work out for me. And then I did another MOS that I love, but I wasn't trained in it, so that made my job difficult. And uh, I just did so many fucking jobs in the Army. Like, that's, like, one thing, too. Like, they're like, okay, here's your job. And then you have to be able to do a million other things. So I don't know how the fucking dumb people make it in the Army. Um, Like, I'll, I'll tell you that, that much, because, like I said, there's so much shit that they fucking lump on you but yeah, like I, I worked in the army and uh, before that I worked a bunch of shitty retail jobs and I worked at a couple of restaurants and I swear to, I, I will never do that again. Like if that is the last job on earth, I don't know what I'm going to do because I can't go back to restaurants. Those were fucking, <laughs> um, I'm not going to name names. <laughs> uh, moving on. Um, like I said, though, I, I grew up in New England. Um, I love it. I grew up in a town that nobody really knows. It's named Fairhaven. One word, fair and haven, compound word. Um, it's on the south coast region of Massachusetts. Um, a mildly affluent uh, area. But, I mean, that's Massachusetts in general. Massachusetts is like a, a fucking super rich state. Because we have all these all these businesses. It's like Silicon Valley East or whatever. Like the, the I... I-95, 128 loop, 495, 93, like, you name it, there's, like, fucking businesses on the, those exits, and this is a super rich state because of it. And maybe that's another reason why I like it, though, because I, even though even though the cost of living is high and stuff like that, I at least know my kids are getting a good education. They could go to a shit school in this state, and they'll get a better education than kids in the best school in another state would. And I, that's not even a joke, like... That's that's the name of the game. That's the way we do things here, baby. I ain't even kidding. So um, back to you know, back to us. Uh, yeah, it's on the south coast, affluent. Um, I grew up with a lot of rich kids. I grew up with a few poor ones. I was lucky enough to be middle class growing up. Um, but like even the poor kids are probably doing better than the poor kids in a lot of other parts of the country. And again, no joke. That's just how Massachusetts is. So, um, yeah, the town's called Fairhaven. Um, its benefactor is a man by the name of Henry Rogers. And um, I don't want to go disparaging a guy who spent a lot of money. Like I said, he's a benefactor. Uh, he spent a lot of money on our town. Like, <laughs> maybe he was guilty, but this is, this is all the, the reason why. Um, he was one of the barons for Standard Oil. So, you know, you figure it out from there. Like, you just, you can probably kind of draw your own conclusions to who he, who he was. But, um, like I said, he probably had a guilty conscience about how he got his money. And he said, okay, uh, I'm at least going to do good with it. I'm going to spend it on the town. So he bought our high school. He bought, uh, our town hall library, like you name it, you know, he had his finger in it. So yeah, like I said, but though, you know, Baron for standard oil, Big tycoon in that company. He wasn't Rockefeller himself, but they they were best friends. 
that's how high up in the company he was. So, you know, like I said, draw your own conclusions on that one. Um, also, a little interesting piece of trivia about my town is uh, FDR. Uh, I don't even know what president he is. That's kind of bad. But I know he's a president, which is maybe more than some other people know about FDR, which that's really sad if you don't even know who he is. But FDR, um, he had family there in my town, and he used to summer in Fairhaven. So, you know, good for my hometown, I guess, whatever. Um, I'm uh, now located just a bit outside Worcester. Uh, the specific town isn't important. Uh, <laughs> maybe it's just because I, I don't want you to track me down or something. That's why I'm not going to put the town out there. <laughs> but uh, it's so close to Worcester, just we'll treat it as Worcester. And uh, that's worked out well so uh, so far. Um, of course, one of my goals is to move to Marion, which is another town not too far from where I grew up for Haven. But um, this town has worked out well so far, like I said. So I could actually live here happily for the foreseeable future. Like, if it doesn't get any better than this for me, like, I don't get to go to Marion or Brighton or just, you know, move somewhere east and preferably south, then I'm perfectly happy here because I'm close to Worcester. I'm close to Providence. Uh, Boston isn't too far. I'm close to Massachusetts, close to where my brother lives. Like, yeah, I'm, if, if I never get the chance to be like, okay, you made all this money doing this podcast, you get to move to Marion now. If that never happens, I'll I'll still be happy like where I am because I like this town. I like my neighbors. There's a crime-ridden part of this town. I don't want to get into specifics about it, but I, I you know I think every town and city has that. But even you know that's like two miles or so away from me, so I'm not even next to the, the I'm not next to the wrong side of town. Like I'm I'm not in the greatest part of town, but I'm all I am in a good part of town, and it is it's working out great for me. So. So there's that, but um, so yeah, I uh, I'm here now. I want to get to Marion eventually, but I grew up in Fairhaven, and uh, I had a pretty average life in the suburbs, uh, like I said. Um, but then I I don't know. Uh, every so often things just like kind of got crazy and colorful, and maybe that's you know why I'm the right guy to host a podcast. <laughs> Cause in like you know thirty plus years, I've seen a lot of weird shit, and sometimes I can put a good story out there about it. So, yeah, maybe, you know, that's what will happen is, you know, I'll talk about a topic one day and be like, oh, I I remember this time when I was in Kansas or whatever, this happened, and I remember this happening to somebody else, or I was witness to this, or a party to that, or, you know, whatever. So, whatever the case is, I, I always have, like, a story related to something, I feel like, because I, yeah, I lived a pretty average life for, you know, for most of the first half of my life and then a pretty weird life on the second half. So I feel like I've experienced and, you know, a lot of just shit. I, I was lucky enough to walk away from. So I got the story, but I also lived and that's what's, you know, as a raconteur. <laughs> oh, there's me with the big words again. <laughs> as a storyteller, that's uh, the most important part of the story is being able to live to tell the story. So if you have a story but you die because of it, not a good story. Um, I guess another thing I just want to, you know, put out to you guys is uh I want you to know kind of uh, you know, what you see is what you get or um really what you hear is what you get cuz this is a podcast and uh I'm not going to have video at least for a little while. <laughs> 
I'm going to have YouTube videos, but they're just going to be kind of slideshows with like images about what I'm talking about. Uh, at least at the beginning. And then I'll kind of do what Kenny Hotz did with his radio show. Cause you know, he did, um, he'd film himself and, uh, his, his co-host Brian Pico. And then, um, you know, like other cast members and special guests or whatever. But then he would splice in like a meme or, you know, something funny to to go along with it. So that's kind of what I want to do as far as the show is just, you know, I'm going to record myself talking or whatever. And then, you know, just mix in like a funny, a funny image here and there like he he did. That's kind of ideal for me. And uh, I think a, a lot of people, because he gets a lot of views and maybe it's because, you know, he, Kenny is who he is. Um, but yeah. That's uh, I think that's what people want. They kind of want to connect with the host a little bit more, and they could maybe if they see my face. I don't know. But um, again, going back to what I was talking about though, like um, I feel like I'm a very like genuine kind of guy. Like I'm not putting on some sort of act or something. Like I'm not like. It's not like it's like oh it's Mike one second and then the next day or or after the show rather it's just like oh I'm a completely different person now. No, 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 no. That's like, this isn't television or talkie. So I'm not putting on an act. Let's let's put it that way. Like, every time I'm going to go behind this mic um, to record, it's just, it's just going to be me. It's, it's, you're not going to get somebody else. Like, I don't, I don't have a perfect radio voice like uh, Big Jim Murray or even a, a voice like Michael Buble. Um, let me give it a try, though. Well, it's a marvelous night for a moon dance. <laughs> How was that, everybody? <laughs> um, but yeah, like I said, what you what you get is um, my experience in my mind. You you don't get anything different, nothing different. Like I said, that's it, you're just gonna get me. So okay, um, so I guess you know about me, and now and like you know about how I want to do the show. So um, I just want to throw some, uh, put out some uh, shout outs real quick. I, I only got a few of them. The first shout out goes to uh, Pat the Nest Punk. Um, he, I, I give him a shout out because he's like even, he got me like interest in podcasts. Like I kind of knew what podcasts were because like Serial is a big deal and like the Joe Rogan show for sure. Like the Joe Rogan experience. Um, so it was like, I, I knew about, podcast but I didn't really I was like yeah whatever and then I kind of just I I like Pat the Nest Punk because I I love Ness and um you know he did his own podcast so I started watching him and Ian so I guess shout out to Ian as well like he Pat and Ian do this podcast it's called the completely unnecessary podcast and um yeah they they got me interested in podcasting after I just saw kind of just like you know, they're into to games or whatever, but it's also nice to just say, see them, you know, talk like me and my buddies would, where they're just like, you know, bouncing stuff off of each other. But, uh, yeah, if you like retro video games, especially NES, like, you should look them up on YouTube. So, another shout-out, um, that goes to my buddy G-Well, um, for even suggesting, he suggested to me, hey, you know, you should do a podcast or whatever. He suggested this to me years ago, and I'm finally glad I, I'm fucking doing it. 
it's uh, it's not that I, I all of a sudden got the stones. It's not like, oh, I got the stones now to do this. I got the balls now. It was just like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to fucking make this happen because I can. Um, I squirreled away a little bit of money from my, my COVID check. I bought podcasting equipment. It took a billion years to get in. Not B&H's fault. It's just everything's backstocked. Like, I went to Guitar Center looking to buy the equipment, and they didn't have it. Um, I, I'll actually I'll say that I'm glad I went through B&H because their, their expertise is, like, top-notch. So, yeah, that's... If you want B&H stuff, and maybe you don't know, like, I, I mean, I'm kind of technical, but I'm not super technical. Um, Go through to those guys, because they'll hook you up with the right stuff, and then they'll help you with your stuff after you get it. So, uh, shout out to B&H, I guess, too. Amazing job on their part. Um, But, uh, yeah, my last one I want to throw out is to Joey San Antone. I, uh, I talked to him the other day. He's my buddy. San Antonio, Texas, that's hence the name. <laughs> I uh, I talked to him the other day, and I was like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to do this podcast or whatever, and he was like, oh, you know, man, you got so much shit to talk about. So I was like, well, well fuck then, you know, I'm, I'm definitely doing this then. So, uh, yeah, shout out to Joey San Antonio, too. Um, if I forgot anybody, I'm sorry, like, uh, I don't mean to slight anybody or anything. But you know, there's those are just the the few that came to mind that I I kind of wanted to make sure I I put out there. It was like, uh, you know, if I if I felt like did you wrong, you know, next episode maybe I will give you a shout or I'll put you on the fucking whiny bitch list. But uh, uh, either way, yeah, those those are my shout outs, and um, I got two more things I want to cover before I go. I know this is kind of getting long now or whatever, but um. I thought if, you know, if I become famous or whatever, I can be about a cause. And um, the cause I choose is going to be finding a cure for ALS because um, this is kind of a, a personal story. But uh, this is the reason why. Um, when I started dating my wife at the time, she she was my girlfriend. And uh, she had this best friend, still does. And that girl, her father actually had ALS. And uh, I only met him once. And, uh, boy, just, uh, just reliving this memory does suck. Like, just thinking back to it, that's, uh, I guess that's why I don't think about it too often, because it, uh, it sucked then, and it, it sucks now, thinking about this, but, um, anyways. Uh, like I said, uh, I met him only once, um, and he, well, you only meet somebody once, but I only interacted with him once, I guess is the more proper way to put it. So I interacted with him only once. And he was already, like, very deep into his battle with the disease. Like, I don't know when he died, but it wasn't too too much later. Like, I think I met him in, like, October or something. I feel like he, he was, like, dead by December or something like that. Like, but um, anyways, so, you know, she's like, uh, the friend is like, hey, say hi to him. And I, I did, because, uh, you know. I'm trying to treat him like a normal guy, even though he's going through that. And uh, he just just sat there in his wheelchair, though, and he just stared at me. And uh, I could I could just feel it come off. I'm like I he couldn't do anything else, but I I could like tell like even though he showed no expression, like 
he wanted to come over and like shake my hand and have a talk with me like he would have done before he was afflicted, you know, with ALS. And um, just after that, just seeing how terrible the quality of life you have is and you there's no cure and you just you have to suffer through it till you you know i guess one day the the muscles that help you breathe and move the heart don't work anymore so so yeah um after that it just like it left like a huge impact on me so like at some point like maybe not too long after i thought you know if i can ever be about a cause or whatever that would be like the cause I'm about. And uh I I only know like two other guys that threw their weight behind it. Um one is Kurt Schilling. And uh I only know that because, you know, he did a lot of charity work for it uh in Massachusetts. Um I was like, you know, uh, I became familiar with it. Uh, kind of then like even though I I I did known what Lou Gehrig's disease was before that, I mean I knew a little bit more because of his like K's for ALS or whatever it was called. So I, I don't know. I guess that just peaked in my mind. Cause this is the K's for ALS thing was even before I met my friend's father who was, you know, who had ultimately passed away because of it. Like, uh, I kind of knew what ALS was, but then I really knew. Cause like, I guess, you know, Kurt Schilling brought awareness of it to me. So, you know, um, and then uh, uh, there's, of course, like Pete Frady's, like, which everybody knows, not just, you know, around Boston or whatever, because he's a Boston guy, but everybody knows because, you know, he did the ice bucket and just everybody decided to chip in. Like, you had all these rich guys, like, daring other rich guys to be, oh, I donated a million dollars. I I get, I bet you won't or whatever. And, of course, they did. And, and you know, maybe it was just them being funny with each other. But anyways, though. You know, all these rich guys who are like way into philanthropy or whatever and stuff like that. And then there was just so much money between average people chipping in and rich people that like when you threw it, just like all that money thrown at it, like advanced the fight against it, like exponentially. Like because Pete Freight's uh, Pete Freight's, um I think his brother was like a spokesman or whatever. And he kind of just, he was always talking about, you know, because Pete did this ice bucket thing, you know, it really furthered, like, our our understanding of the disease and whatnot. And there's still no cure, but who knows, maybe because of what Pete Frady's did with the ice bucket challenge and even, you know, Kurt Schilling, what charity he did with it, maybe we're a lot closer than, you know, you or I know. Maybe the people in the labs are like, we're, we're close to a breakthrough for this. And, um, I feel like that's a good disease also to cure though, because there's, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff I'd want to cure. Like why not cure everything? But I feel like ALS isn't one of those diseases like cancer where it's like, you know, the evil people are like, oh, the evil people that stand to make money off it. Like, oh, don't cure cancer. Cause Ooh, we make so much money off the chemo. But like with ALS, I'm like, okay, where's, where's the money in this for, I I don't know I don't know if there is or not. I guess hospice care maybe doesn't want it to be cured because then you know those nurses could be like, ooh I get to take care of this patient for I I gotta watch them for this amount of time so I get money, but I can't even imagine like a nurse being like super evil and greedy like that. So, <laughs> um, 
That's why I think this is a really good disease to attack, though, because like I said, there's nobody waiting the shadows, like trying to sabotage a cure. Because there's just not, there's not money involved like chemo. So, okay, so, um, yeah, uh, I think that's, uh, that's about it. Um, I talked about the show, I talked about me, I even talked about a cause, and I gave my shout-outs, those are the last two things I wanted to cover. So, I think it will be just like, you know, I, I actually, I want to, I want to talk about the, the ALS thing a little more. I kind of wanted to be like a, uh, a Bob Barker moment where he, you know, he used to say, oh, spay and neuter your pets or whatever. And, uh, that's what I kind of want to end the episodes in the future with is like, you know, I'm not going to rip off, uh, Kurt Schilling's slogan, like, oh, strike out AOS or whatever. But, um, you know, I want to like put a website out there or phone number, uh, probably a website, but yeah, I want to put a website out there like next episode, like, I'm going to like do a little research and be like, okay, this is the this is the best website for this. This is what I'm going to go with. And I'm going to make sure I talk about it at the end of every episode. Just like Bob Barker did for the spay and neuter your pets thing. So that's going to be what I do, ALS. And uh, I also thought, because I'm about to sign off, um, <laughs> I thought, you know, I'm going to sign off every episode by saying goodnight Malcolm Butler wherever you are sort of like the a take on the Jimmy Durante thing where it's like goodnight uh, Mrs. Uh, Calabash or something I don't remember but um yeah he did that so I'm gonna do that because I have I have a, clearly a personal reason to thank Malcolm Malcolm Butler so yeah we're gonna so we're gonna start it with this one goodnight Malcolm Butler wherever you are like I said, this is the P PNR podcast. That's where we're going to refer to it from now on, even though there is a longer title. <laughs> but um, hopefully you enjoyed it, and uh, you'll be coming back for more, I hope. Uh, I'm Mike Proud. It was nice talking with you guys and gals. And um, the next episode, we will go where the title is, and that is politics. So I'll talk to you next week. Until then, uh... <laughs> Yeah, I guess I'll go to, like I said, uh, good night, Malcolm Butler, wherever you are. <laughs>